Well, Kevin, it's probably not going to remove the uh, sting of what happened in that afternoon in October in the second game of the Yale uh, wildcard series. But the Blue Jays beating the Seattle Mariners 3-2 today in the first of a three-game series. Tonight, I should say. Big crowd at the Rogers Center, 41,414. Alejandro Kirk coming through, uh, I think, sort of giving credence to something you've talked about for the past week or so and something other folks have talked about. It appears as if the swing is getting there. We, we saw that tonight. Alec Manoa has had better games. Uh, his defense saved him a couple of times. But, I mean, Kevin, a one-run win over the Seattle Mariners, the first thing I'm thinking of as I look at my scorecard is uh, the bullpen did the type of job today that they didn't weren't able to do in the second game of that series. Better yeah, bullpen were, this year, isn't it? Eric Swanson's making a difference already. Well, you would think so. Yeah, it gives John Snyder that many more options to face the top of the order or the meat of the order, right? You're try, not trying to bring in somebody you don't want to bring in to face the meat of the order. Now he's got two options with Garcia and Swanson to bring in. You got kitchen sink, you got split finger, right? You need an out, Swanson's going to give you 15 split fingers if he needs to. So yeah, their bullpen is a little bit better. It's a little bit more experienced. Uh, it just gives John Snyder a little bit of breathing room to not have to always make the 100% right decision, right? He's got more than one option down there to go to. He's got the ninth inning solidified with Jordan Romano. He's got two hybrid guys in Swanson and Garcia. You know, he's got Timmy Mays if he wants to. He's got some other guys that he can sprinkle in. The starting rotation has given him enough. Uh, look, Alec Manoa didn't have his good stuff, but he threw enough change-ups to make you have to force to swing at the mm -hmm. fastball a little bit more. That's why you throw it. It's 87 miles an hour. It's not a great pitch, but he threw it enough to righties. He threw it enough to lefties, and he threw it enough for strikes. They got to respect it, and you respect it. They, you get What that does, Jeff, is get you into swing mode. Now you're swinging at it. Now he doesn't have to be as fine with the sinker, the two-seamer. The four-seamer, because he's having some issues with that, right? And some non-competitive sliders. Changeup was big for him. He threw 18 of them. He had four whiffs on it. That's a big pitch. He threw 25 sliders. He had 13 swings and four whiffs. The slider wasn't great, but the changeup was good enough to make everything else, if it was close, that you had to swing at. He did exactly what Alec Manoa does when he's not having a good start. He gave him a chance. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, you mentioned the changeup, and it was interesting. I I don't know if I've I don't know if he's throwing a righty and righty change this year until this game, but he threw at, at at least two of them tonight. I think maybe even three. Talk to me a little bit about what that righty and righty change does to him, does for him. I'm sorry. Well, it's where he wants to throw it. He wants to throw it arm side because how does he get righties out most of the time? It's sinker and slider away. If I'm a righty and I'm trying to protect that sinker, I'm trying to force him on the plate, but I got to clear the hips. I got to get it going. Throws it hard enough. It moves enough that you got to get the barrel out in front. And now you change a little bit of speed. It looks exactly like your sinker or your two-seamer. It's 87 instead of 93. That's just enough to either get a swing and miss out in front of foul ball. It's just something else that they have to worry about. And he has not thrown a righty all year in the five starts previous, a righty on righty changeup. This is the first time. But that's what does that what say to you? Is well, that, what does that say to you? He's fighting it. He's fighting it. Like he is trying to figure out how to keep arm side to mm -hmm. a righty. That's why he dominated him last year. It was the sinker in, the slider away. When you don't have one of the two or both of them in a start, you got to sort of reinvent yourself out there. And that's sort of what you were seeing. I don't think you'll get used to seeing that. 
hopefully, because he doesn't really need it righty on righty if the sinker's working and the slider he's throwing enough for strikes and it's competitive. But that, again, it's just to his credit, Jeff. And, again, the, the Mariners were one for nine runners in scoring position. There's a plethora of runners in scoring position against him. He did enough to give his, chance, his team a chance to have a big inning, and that's exactly what the Jays did in the sixth. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. We are here until 1030. The Blue Jays winning 3-2 tonight, the first of three games against the Seattle Mariners. Alejandro Kirk had a good game. Kevin, home run, a couple of singles. Uh, you heard uh, Ben Wagner's call of Matt Chapman's double, scoring Vladdy from first base. Uh, a, a really well a, a really well-played game. Uh, a, a brisk game, a well-played game by the Blue Jays. Uh, th- this is this is kind of the way John. I, I think John Schneider and, and 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 the coaching staff. This is the way they kind of envision this thing going a lot of times, isn't it? Absolutely. It starts with your starting pitching. You turn it over to the bullpen. They give you a chance. Twelve up, twelve down. You got to get a big hit, right? Kirky for me, all of a sudden is now. It's probably going to see him moving up a couple of spots, right? Varsho struggling the way he is. You know, it's just funny how whenever you see Kirky's lower half sort of opening up on a fastball in like it did on the home run, the little uh, single that he had to right field to get the sixth inning started was that little curveball away, right? He's, he lands closed, keep the front side in. It's sort of his lower half will tell you where the pitch is at, what he's trying to do with it. Look, when you look at him, you think there's no chance this dude can hit. And then he just rolls out of bed, Jeff. And it is when he's got the lower half working and the little snap in his hands where he's getting it in early enough, the barrel keeping it in long enough and having the late little snap to it and the ball's coming off his bat with the way his lower half's working. The bat to ball skills are second to none. And I I would assume, I know we talked to John Snyder today and he was fighting a little bit with Varsho. If this continues with Kirky, you're going to see Kirky move up. Yeah, John Schneider, as much as said in Blair and Barker today, that that is, I mean, without you know parsing the words, uh, the, the guy who's due to move up now is Kirk, basically no what question. he's saying. No they're, question. They're waiting to see a little more. Maybe tonight, you know, tonight might have might have sold the issue a little bit. Dalton Varsho, uh, 0 for 4. Again, a lot of what we've, a lot of what we've seen from him. Uh, but Matt Chapman, if they got enough, they got enough hits when they needed it, and uh, they did get, they did get a double play to get out of the second inning, and and you know it was, it wasn't smooth sailing necessarily from there for Alec Manoa, but that was the inning, Kevin, with with uh, Kalnick, Suarez, and Hernandez coming up after France. That was the inning I thought might get away from Alec Manoa. That's what I was thinking, and then you get that double play, uh, turned by Matt Chapman, and that. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that necessarily saved the game, but that certainly limited the damage. Could have been a lot worse. That inning started with the home run, and and my my goodness, I mean, Alec Manoa. I'm just looking at my scorecard here. I, I think he pitched. He he pitched with a man on base almost. Like I've got maybe maybe one one, one at bat where there wasn't a man on base. I mean, he was in the he he was he always does throw from the stretch, but. You know, thrown from the stretch because it's something you're comfortable with. Thrown from the stretch because there's a man on base or two different things. And sure. uh, it, he, he had to do it right from the get-go. Well, the second inning, to your point, he threw 30 pitches. He gave up a hit. He had uh, allowed two walks. He got a, he had a hit by a pitch. He only gave up one run. That, that sort of sums up Alec Manoa's big league yep. career so far. Is It looks bad, and then he just figures out how not to give up a bunch of runs.
Justin and Barry, you want to talk about the bullpen? Yeah, I just want to, hey guys, uh, you're doing a great job as always. I just wanted to say that the bullpen was great tonight, like you said at the beginning when you, when you guys first got on. This win's never going to erase the off, the, uh, off, the um, playoffs of uh, 2022. I thought they did great. Swanson is, is a star as always. Um, I hope it keeps going. And another quick question. What's 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 going on with uh, Springer? He's like he sure he got a hit tonight, but he's been striking out a lot. I just wanted to ask you guys that too. I don't know how much he's been striking out. Um, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I, I mean, look, he he's he said it's a bit of a slow start for him, but uh, you know, it, it's Kevin. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I am I'm apologizing for this, but uh, yeah, we haven't seen the. I don't think we've seen the best George Springer yet. I think that that's pretty clear, but. I don't get the sense from talking to anybody that there's even the slightest whiff of concern about it. I mean, the big thing to me tonight is that he was in the lineup after getting hit in the hand. That's all I want. I want George Springer in the lineup playing defense. And, uh, you know, at some point, I mean, the dude's got a track record. At some point, at some point he's going he's gonna to do what George Springer does offensively. He just is. Yeah, as, long as, he, as long as he's healthy, Kevin, I mean, I don't even, I don't even worry about that. Yeah, in his last 15 games, he's 10 for his last 54 with 13 punch-outs. That, 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 I think, hitting 185. He, he's a veteran guy. Look, we've had a bunch of guys on our show who have – we had a Hall of Famer on today who said you don't worry about April as much as you used to worry about, right? The way the, the guys throw as hard as they do, the cold mm-hmm. weather. Dudes are trying to get their feet wet. There's a bunch of young guys in here. And I'm not saying that George Springer's a young guy, but he's been around. The swing – uh, he's been hitting some balls hard. He's had some bad luck. I don't know how much I believe in bad luck. I think if you hit the ball right consistently, you have a good approach. You have a good swing. You're swinging at your pitch because you have tremendous talent. Things will work out in your favor most of the time. I don't think he's been consistently doing that, but I do think he's staying in a big part of the field, which will tell you has linked to his swing. When you have mm-hmm. that, means you're balanced. You have good rotation. And normally you're swinging at a good pitch. Does those kind of things? All these things are going to work out. And you got a huge hit tonight. I we've said this. I don't believe in that team thing with runners in scoring position, but I do believe in luck. And when Kirky got out on the bases, Whit Merrifield was on first. Then you get a hit mm-hmm. by a pitch with Kevin Kiermaier, and here comes old George Springer. That's the luck I'm talking about, right? It's the right guy in the right spot. He hits a single up the middle instead of having Kirky at second. It was Whit Merrifield, and he scores to win the game it's at bats like that it's a you know when it comes to those sort of things it just takes the right guy in the right spot and hopefully that gets him rolling and they're going to need him to be big for them all year Teoscar hernandez well we've seen this over four three strikeouts uh, we didn't see any errors in the outfield but there's still two games left didn't see any base running mistakes because he wasn't on base there's still two games left though uh you know that that was the story coming in here the sort of return of Teoscar. That was the one of the Jays' big off-season moves. And, um, you know, I, I think everybody pretty much knows the story behind the reasons for the trade. I mean, he's a free agent. The Jays were not going to sign him. There was no – He's was not a very good defender. He's, that's and, why and, he got Exactly. And, and he's that's, – that's right. It, it was just it was time. It was time to make that move. But I want to bring it back, Derek Swanson. And I don't want to hammer this. But – are you, have you been pleasantly surprised by what you've seen from Eric Swanson so far? I'll, I'll have to be honest with you. I, I didn't realize he's this good. Uh, seeing him up close as much as he can throw the split finger, 
again, you watch what the hitter does against a certain pitch. When you can continue to throw it to a big league hitter over and over and over and over again, and you get them out with it, will tell you all you need to know about how good it is. And he hides the ball very well. He's got that little turn with his upper half. He short arms it a little above the belt. It, you don't see it until it gets on you. And then when it gets on you, it's too late. He throws just hard enough that you have to respect velocity. You have to think out in front of the plate. Then he drops that tunneling split finger on you. He's got a lot of faith in it. He'll throw it in any, any count, any time to any hitter. Yeah, I mean, just look at the way John Snyder uses him. They're, they're, again, it's the two hybrid dudes. It's Garcia, depending on who's coming up. And today it was the two righties and the lefty. He felt more comfortable him throwing the backdoor curveball and the elevated heater, and then he wanted to bring Swanson in against four, five, six. That's sort of what you do, right, is you want the pocket, you want the bat path, you want the split finger working against a certain swing. That's John Snyder putting those guys in the right positions. This is what I said. Jeff, they go out and add one legit eighth-inning guy, and you've got those two hybrid dudes with Jordan Romano at the end. Now you're cooking with gravy, and now John Snyder and Pete Walker would have some no-brainers, which is exactly what they need going into the playoffs. Yeah, it. Um, you know, just, just thinking about the impact Eric Swanson's already had on this bullpen and, uh, you know, a bullpen that is really – dependent on on a variety of on, on a variety of looks as well you know it, i i know that you know we started talking about this by referring to the to the playoff game and i'm, I'm kind of like you i mean i think guys have turned the page in that but i do know this eric swanson he was the guy that the mariners basically decided they didn't need in the playoffs i got to think eric swanson i'm not saying he's thinking about that when he goes to the mound but i'm sure he's thought about it at some point today and i'll tell you another guy tim Mesa, who was one of the culprits in that game tim Mesa tonight Looked really good. Not, he, striking out J.P. Crawford, he got that 94, 95-mile-an-hour sinker. I, I looked really good tonight. He, he was throwing give, hard. Give, give Ross Atkins credit, right? It, it is If you're if Swanson doesn't throw to 4-5-6, who is it? Zach Pop, Trevor Richards? You feel confident in those two dudes doing it? I don't. I mean, Zach Pop's taking some steps forward, and it seems like they like that. But that's a lot to ask a guy, right? Now you got two veteran guys and Jimmy Garcia that you can use and Swanson the way that John and Petey are using those two guys. They're weapons. That's a big deal for this team. John Schneider uh, just did his post-game media availability, and uh, he, he, he spoke with Shai Davidi about this Jays team and how it's been winning in a variety of different ways. John, the recent stretch of games, uh, seven wins in the last nine, You've won it in different ways. What do you like about the, the diversity of ways you can attack teams? Yeah, it's nice. It, it gives you, um, you know, a lot of comfort knowing that, you know, starting pitching is in a good spot. Bullpen is obviously in a good spot. Um, you know, can't say enough about the job. You know, Timmy, Garcia, Swanee, and Jordan, I mean, just locked it down. Um, but I think it's just it's a, it's a credit to the, the character of the, of the group of guys, you know, where one night it may be a, a one-run game like this, and, you know, you could have games where you're swinging the bat really well and scoring seven or eight. So starts with starting pitching always, and, um, you know, if that's in a good spot, it puts you in a, in a, in a spot to do something good. So um, it's a confident group of guys in there. That is John Schneider, the Jays, winning 3-2 tonight in the first of three games at the Rogers Center against the Seattle Mariners. Let's go to Ryan and Stony Creek before we break. Ryan, how are you, man? Not too bad. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, Ryan. 
All right, I had two things I wanted to touch on, and uh, Kevin kind of touched on the one point earlier. Uh, so Varsho uh, bat, uh, batting in the meat of the order there. Obviously, it's not really working right now. Um, and 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 moving Kirk up looks like it is a good option, uh, especially with you saw the way Kirk and Belt were both on base. There's just no speed in the base running there. If someone comes in behind them and, and puts the ball in play, they're not gonna, you know, they maybe are not gonna score when they probably could have, or at least yep. got an extra base there. So um, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. And I agree with Kevin. I think I think Varsho should move down a couple slots, provide some speed with the base running a little further down the order, and then get Kirk in there, who's who's making really good contact right now. Uh, Manoa also uh, with the slow starts. Do you guys think that that is something that is a routine? Is it a warm up thing? Is it just a lack of confidence, or do you think it might have something to do with uh, Kirk's uh, pitch calling early in the game? Maybe just not really finding the rhythm. Thanks for the call, Ryan. Uh, I hate talking about the pitch timer. No, but I'm but I'm wondering, Kevin, if that isn't if if that isn't in some way still a bit of a work in progress for Alec Manoa, and isn't at least contributing isn't at least contributing to some of the mechanical issues we've seen from him. Because you know, again, we know what Alec was like. Alec liked to stomp around the mound and rub the ball up and kind of collect himself and then step out there. You know, Alec was a guy, the game doesn't start until I throw the ball. And if I'm going to wait 35 seconds to throw the ball, yeah, grab a seat because it's going to take me a while to do it. I just, I, I wonder, but he's the only guy I wonder about uh, the pitch timer having some sort of an impact. And I'm not blaming it for everything. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I'm beginning to think that maybe it, it has taken him a while to get used to that. I'm going to go in the camp of I'm not going to make that as an excuse for him have getting off to a slow start. He had a good start in, in Yankee Stadium. Did it have anything to do with the pitch timer? Nope. Not no, but me. I think the pitch think, timer, might, the pitch timer think, might contribute when things aren't going well is what I'm saying. I mean, it doesn't make any difference to him when things are going well. right? When things aren't going well and he's kind of a little all over the place with his mechanics or he's not getting a call – or that that a certain pitch isn't working. I just kind of wonder if maybe it isn't a little harder for him to kind of to to gather himself to pull himself together. That's all. I'm just saying. I I could be wrong. I I, I think he needs to be get more in his legs. I think it more has to do with his push off the mound than it does the pitch timer. Or looks to me like he's got plenty of time. I know he got the ball and he he, he was holding the baseball until like four three two. And almost won, and he would throw it. Like, he's trying to use the pitch timer to his advantage. That, I didn't see that as a hindrance. And I think he's a big leaguer now. Like, they they are meant to make adjustments. And for me, it's more mechanical. It's more a little bit frustrated because he's been working on some things off the field that just doesn't seem to be translating. And you can tell in the dugout, he was yelling and screaming his glove. Petey had to walk over and give him a little hug and walk him off the plank. It's being a big leaguer, going through these things, and I a hug and a pat, man, a hug and a pat. So every far. once in a while, every <laughs> once in a while, you need that. So I'm going to, for me anyway, I'm not going to say the pitch timer has anything to do with it. I think he's smart enough and and figured that out, and doesn't seem like him and Kirky are, you know, on, on different pages. I just think his his mechanics, he hasn't been able to repeat those, the slider and the two seamer out of the hand just haven't been going where he wants them to go. And it, for me, is more about his mechanics starting from the ground up than it is the pitch timer, at least for me anyway. Let's do a little foreshadowing with the listeners, shall we? This was the return of Teoscar Hernandez. Got a nice round of applause. 
both when he came up to the plate and uh, before the game, the video presentation. Credit to Trip Gibson and, frankly, to Alec Manoa for stepping off the mound and allowing Teo his because, you know, we saw what happened with uh, with Bellinger this year when he got back to L.A., right? And he'd, they'd given him a nice pitch round of applause, violation. and the pitch timer violation was nailed. So I thought everybody handled that. I thought everybody handled that really well today. Here's a question, though, and I'm going to throw this out to you. And numbers are 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. If you're in your car stuck in traffic, why not give us a call? Let's just look ahead a bit. I'm just asking you, end of the year. Are we going to look at the Teoscar Hernandez deal in a positive light? Or are we going to be looking at that Teoscar Hernandez deal and wondering about it? If you're a Jays fan, we like what we've seen from Eric Swanson so far. We've talked about it. We've talked about that splitter, how it plays against lefties. So let's just kind of look ahead a bit. Let's look ahead a bit. It is April 28th. The Jays are 17-9. and Seattle's scuffling a bit. But let's look ahead a bit, and I'll ask you that question. End of the year. Who do you think wins this deal? Who do you think's won it so far? It's Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan. You know, it's obviously something that, you know, we prioritized this offseason was, uh, you know, run prevention. And um, I feel like those little things are kind of uh, showing, you know, showing there. Uh, obviously, Chaps the best third baseman in the league. And, um, you know, when in doubt, just throw a sinker and let him hit it to him. And um, obviously, KK Platinum Glove out there. So um, just really big IQ plays, you know, um, so I think that's huge, you know, when you need a little pick-me-up, you know, those guys are, are there to do it. All right, I love that line, big IQ plays. Yeah, it's funny. Big it's IQ fun. plays. It is. It's funny with Teoscar Hernandez last year, we talked about he didn't have a ton of baseball IQ that he mentioned for the very first time that I've ever heard those words out of his mouth, <laughs> that it's baseball <laughs> IQ and he's talking about an outfielder. It's just funny how that works. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. But uh, it is uh, pretty obvious, I think, that, that this is a much improved. Oh, no uh, question. Uh, a much improved defensive team. There's just, you know, you you watch the game. The game is just, I, I hate to say this because it really, so I, I'm, I'm, I was going to say the game looks, the game looks a little more professional. That's, that's not fair to, to Lourdes and Teoscar, but it, you know what? Calamity. Calamity seems farther away with these guys than it did with last year's team. How about that? I think they have guys in the outfield that think it through before it actually happens, like Kevin Kiermaier with a runner on first base late in the game keeps a guy from tagging up because he gets behind a fly ball in left center field and throws a ball on a line as hard as he can to second base to keep that guy at first. I think that's right. your point. That's exactly what you're supposed to do at the big league level, but you got to go out and do it April the 28th, and it seems like all three of those guys want to do it. Time for the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. You can download the Bet365 app and check out the latest odds for today's baseball games. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. A good night for the uh, good night for the Jays in the American League East tonight. The uh, Yankees are losing 5-2 to the Texas Rangers. The storyline in that game is Jacob deGrom uh, left early for the second time in three starts with an apparent injury, which, you know, welcome to life with Jacob deGrom, I guess, if you're the, the Texas Rangers. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians beat the Boston Red Sox 5-2, and the Tampa Bay Rays beat the Chicago White Sox 3-2. And there was a play in that game. I don't know if you saw how the Rays scored that one run where basically a bunch of dudes from the White Sox were standing around. You throw the ball. No, you throw the ball. No, you throw the ball. You throw the ball. I don't want to throw the ball. Boom, Rays score. 
Uh, I mean, that, that team is just a – anyhow, that, that team is a, is a walking disaster area right now, the White Sox. So as a result of that, the Tampa Bay Rays are 22-5, and 8-2 and two in their last 10. They're atop the American League East. Baltimore, they're not going away, folks. They're 17-8. and eight. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10. They're 17-8. and eight. The Blue Jays, 17-9. and nine. Seven and three in their last ten games. The New York Yankees, fifteen and eleven, uh, pending the results of tonight's game, of course. And the Boston Red Sox, thirteen and fourteen. The Boston Red Sox are already nine out. Those standings don't matter. The Boston Red Sox are already nine games out uh, in the American League East, and they're one game under five hundred. Putting it in context, the Jays' record right now would have them in first place in every other division. Well, every other division, two other divisions in the American League and uh, would have them in first place in the NL West. So there you go. And uh, the Jays are the third-place team right now in the AL East. 416-870-0590, star 591-888-666-0590. Jays, 3-2 winners over the Seattle Mariners. First of three games tonight at the Rogers Center. I asked the question before the break. I understand it's a horrible sports talk show question. It requires you to, 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 to really go out on the limb. But uh, as I said, Teoscar Hernandez's return, the story tonight. Teoscar Hernandez's return. Eric Swanson gets a chance to pitch against his old uh, his old team. They were traded for each other. Just asking you to look ahead. What trade do you think at the end of the year? And let's face it, at the end of the year, the winner of this trade will be the team that goes the farthest in the postseason. I think that's probably the easiest way to say it. But at the end of the year, who do you think comes out looking the best in this deal? The Blue Jays or the Mariners? Abdul in Toronto. Let's have your take on it. Oh, how are you doing, guys? Uh, most importantly, I just want to say first-time caller, long-time listener. Uh, and my thank you and welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, uh, two points. Uh, first, Absolutely, I think we we're going to win this trade. I heard on the I heard on the broadcast that um, we we may have gotten Kiermaier as part of some cast consideration. I don't know if that's a bonus that you know we're not speaking about. Um, I I just figured it was Adam Mako and uh, uh, you know Eric Swanson that we got for Tio. But um, I think the way our lineup is, we're going to absolutely get that trade. Um, another point I want to mention quickly is. Um, Alec Manola, I think tonight he did a wonderful job working just on the righties. We need to see more of that changeup because working off that sinker low, I mean, that was something out of a video game. Um, I think a lot of speakers, you know, I, I think a lot of listeners will agree with me that play uh, MLB The Show. Um, it's a fantastic job what he did. It just, it, it worked perfectly. And I think it complemented, uh, you know, especially when they're laying off that slider. So I, I think you guys did a wonderful job on that. But um, the Eric Swanson part, I, we got that part, um, and Adam Mako. There's a potential there. I know he's young, um, so but but correct me if I'm wrong. When the Kiermaier part, I don't know if that was a no. Bonus. It, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll explain. I'll, I'll explain that to you. And thanks for the call. I heard Dan say that as well. What Dan was saying is the money that they saved on the Teoscar Hernandez deal. In other words, the money they saved by trading Teoscar Hernandez. That money, you, know, you could say logically, that money allowed them to go out and sign Kevin Kiermaier. And, 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 and that's what Dan was saying, and, and, and that is right. I mean, the move was made because the other move was made, right? One move is made, so a move is made in response to it. So that's what Danny was saying in that broadcast, uh, on the broadcast, and he's absolutely right. It, it stands to reason that the money they saved in that deal, uh, the money they saved in that deal 
uh, was was put towards signing Kevin Kiermaier. I don't think anybody would want to redo in that. Kevin, his point, uh, Abdul's point is interesting about the changeup because I, I was thinking about this as you were walking us through why Alec Manoa threw it tonight and why he may have wanted to incorporate it. It's the first time this year we've seen him throw a righty and righty change. Now, that goes in the scouting report for the next team he meets, whoever it is, Boston or whoever it is. Mm -hmm. That's not entirely a bad thing to put out there, is it, for another team when they're game planning against you? Because now now you know somebody's going to mention it. If it's Boston or whoever he's facing, oh, and by the way, last start, the dude threw whatever it was, three righty and righty changes. I I really do think that it gives Alec enough confidence. Remember, we've had him on before, and he was mentioning that he didn't really have enough confidence to throw it. That's why he hadn't been throwing it. He'd been working on a grip, whether he was choking it off, putting the ball more in the palm of his hand. He really didn't know the grip of it yet. You could tell just by him throwing it now in bigger spots against pretty decent hitters that he feels confident enough to throw it in, in big-time counts. So I think that's something he can take away from it. I, I don't really know that he has to throw it. I think mm-hmm. the only reason he threw it tonight because the sinker and the slider weren't great, or more so the slider. I know he threw the slider 20, 25 times. You mentioned the sinker. He'd had 12 called strikes on it. That, that's a pretty good amount. But I'm saying I think tonight he had to throw it. I'm not sure he wanted to throw it. Now he wants to throw it to left. He's just a nice little – Something if he can keep it down and it has sink and it's that movement or it's that velocity that's a little lip less than his sinker that he can get some weak contact from a lefty as long as it's not up. I think it's a good pitch to that. But yeah, I'm with you. I think anytime you can add another pitch, give yourself another weapon, give a hitter something else to think about about in a big spot, that you'll throw it a lot of the times. Can't hurt, that's for sure. I got another uh, another good night for two hit wit. Living up to his name tonight. Say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's won a job, Kev. No question. Absolutely. I well, John. Came that double, on our by show. the way. That double, by the way. I think Danny said that double, by the way, would have been out last year. If you with with, with the configuration with the wall, that double would have been out last year. So, but yeah, he. I he's, mean, what, he's, he's won a job. I think. Whit Whit Merrifield doesn't get paid to hit homers. He gets paid to hit get hits, lots of hits and more hits. And then when he's not getting hits, get more hits. And I think just because basically doesn't happen just because last year it was a lot of, he's probably trying to prove himself. He's coming to a good team. He left a bad team. He's trying to prove that he is too hit wit. Uh, He was trying a little bit hard. I think this year his stride foot's a little, is a little shorter. He's standing a little taller. His direction with his hands are a little bit better. You can tell he's getting his barrel to all quadrants of the strike zone, which that's why his lower half is, enables him to do that. There's a reason why he's led the American League in a couple of years and hits, because he knows how to get them, because he's mechanically sound. And I think now he's not trying too hard. You can tell he's just up there, see ball, hit ball. I know that sounds easy, and everybody rolls their eyes in 2023. He's got to be something underneath all of that. Some dudes simplified enough just you if I'm mechanically sound enough I get my foot down on time everything else from my waist up is going to be where it should be because I'm a good hitter I'll get a bunch of hits I think that's where he's at right now and absolutely he's won a job he'll play every single day for me now every day yeah I don't think there's uh, any doubt about that 416-870-0590 star 591 triple a triple six zero five ninety the Toronto Blue Jays 17 and 9 after a 3-2 win over the Seattle Mariners at the Rogers Center, 41,414. 
on George Springer replica jersey night. Game two of the series is tomorrow. It's a 3.07 start. Sunday is the normal start time. And uh, Kevin Gossman takes the mound for the Blue Jays tomorrow. Kevin looking to build on, uh, well, just looking looking to continue doing the things that uh, that, that that Kevin Gossman does. And um, it's, it's funny, thinking back to something John Schneider said when he was on our show about the um, uh, about any lingering effects of the playoff loss or any sort of lingering thoughts of the playoff loss. And he made a really fascinating, well, not really a fascinating point. He made a point managers always always make. But that he was saying, you know, the most important thing is to win a series. Mm-hmm. That That's how you, especially when, when when you're chasing, and it's especially true when you're, when you're chasing a team like the Rays that are doing what they're doing. Yeah, it's nice. It'd be nice at some point to rattle off a 15-game winning streak or something like that. But the main thing you can do is win the series. And you know, tomorrow you got a chance. You got a chance to win this series with Kevin Gossman going. Uh, Kevin's got a nice little toy in that 91 with a little bit of run. That's that's something he doesn't have to think he has to max out every time he releases a baseball. If he's sitting over there, he's watching Eric Swanson, which I know he was, mm-hmm. and he's thinking to himself, "Man, my split finger's just as good as that one. Maybe better." Yeah, I'm going to eat their lunch tomorrow. If I can locate a little bit of that fastball middle away and I get them swinging at that split finger, if I can throw a couple of them for, for called strikes and get them in swing mode, and then I can start throwing that tunnel in one with the downward bite to it and get some swing overs, you should see him going deep in that game and giving the Blue Jays lineup a serious chance of winning tomorrow too. Kevin Gosman is an eliminator. Like he is an aircraft carrier when it comes to – you, if you're, I, I said this today. There's not a lot of those gives as a hitter where you're looking at the three games that you're going to play against a certain team, and you're going, "Well, that day." It's like uh, Castillo today. I'm gonna bet you the Blue Jays lineup wasn't going. Man, I can't wait to face that day. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. they were looking. If I can battle, squeak out a hit, then tomorrow I'm going to get frisky. Sort of. That's what Kevin's doing a little bit, right? It's it's you're you're just thinking about how can I. Throw my little 91 for some strikes, attack the strike zone, live on the corners, elevate my 95 when I have to, tunnel my split finger off my 91, throw it for a strike occasionally, and then throw that biting one when I have to with two strikes. I don't see how you hit it, and I don't think they will. What do you think of Castillo today? I think he's nasty. I think he didn't have – I think some of his sliders were non-competitive. I think he threw a few more fastballs, but – it's 97, 98, and it's got a weird arm angle. It's coming out hot from behind his body. It's short arm. He's falling off to the first base side. Uh, he's filthy. And this is exactly what I – we talked about this today on our show. Like, this is sort of what you have to do. Your starting pitcher has to figure out a way to match him just so your lineup can figure out how to have a sixth inning. And that's exactly what happened, right? So your manager can line mm-hmm. up their bullpen the way they need to line it up, get the right guys in the right spot. Luis Castillo, I think he's exactly what I thought he was going to be. The Jays did a good job, for the most part, of not chasing the slider. If you could do that, force him on the plate with that sinker, especially if you're a righty, force him on the plate, you've got a decent chance if you're mechanically sound. Give the Jays lineup credit. They did that. They worked counts, and they got the big hit when they needed it. Well, after those offensive outbursts against the Chicago White Sox, the Blue Jays played a nice, tight one-run game tonight against the Seattle Mariners, winning 3-2, raising their record to 17-9. The second game of the series goes tomorrow at the Rogers Center. And uh, and uh, Sunday, 
the series will wrap up before the Jays before the Jays hit the road. So again, the final score: Blue Jays three, Seattle Mariners two. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much as always for listening to Blue Jays baseball. Brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Marvel Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is coming to theaters May 5th to celebrate Crown Canada's number 1 rust protection is offering a special spring promo- promotion inspired by the movie. Visit crown.com for details and see Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 only in theaters May 5th. 3-2 Blue Jays. Good night from Toronto. <laughs>